Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Vessel Church podcast. Vessel is a Book of Acts church in Baton Rouge, and our mission for this podcast is to equip people to carry the name, spirit, and cross of Christ in our pursuit of Him and His kingdom. Welcome to the Vessel Church podcast. My name is Megan Fairbanks, and I am thrilled to be having a conversation about mental health with Mark and Bray Wheeler. Would you guys like to introduce yourself and kind of tell us why mental health is important to you and why you think it's a topic worth discussing? Yeah, um, I feel like that's just such like a in-depth <laughs> question <laughs> to start out with, even though it's such basic. But um, I know I started college in um, however many years ago, seven years ago, it's been that long. But um, I started out wanting to do like nursing or some type of like doctor, probably not that much because I didn't want to do that much school, (laughs) but here we are now. Um, But I started to realize like how many people were in the physical health field Mm -hmm. um, and realizing that mental health was kind of a a deficit um, and wanting to focus more on mentally um, helping people rather than just physical Um, I actually got into it specifically going for a master's degree, um, realizing like people in the church, um, you know, kind of just suppressing everything. Absolutely. um, And not really being honest with like true emotions, like asking people how they are. And this may be (laughs) getting in a little bit too deep at first, but, you know, it's, it's so generic to go to church and be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, or I'm busy. How have you been? And like, it's such a, a brief topic of discussion mm-hmm. when it truly is like people are hurting and they need, we need each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think what you said there is important too. You, you get the implied answer from everybody and it's just so generic or I'm fine and I'm good. And really we're all kind of telling the same lie. Right. Um, but nobody's ever honest to open up about the conversation first and kind of break that ice to say, well, you know what, I'm not okay. And I would really like to talk to you about how I'm not okay because you're probably not okay in the same way that I am. Right. Um, And that's an important thing and we'll probably jump more into that. But I think mental health is extremely important. This conversation has to be had because if we're going to truly establish the relationship that Jesus wants us to have with one another, we have to address this. Absolutely. In order for us to be connected to the Father and connected to others as he wants us to be and as it should be in the body of Christ, we can't turn a blind eye to people who are hurting mentally and say that we're Christ-like. It's just not what Christ did. And so I think it should be a pursuit for everybody who claims to be Christ-like to have a say in this conversation and to seek out what their role is and what their part is to actively fix this and to actively become better and to help people heal. Right. And so I, th- I think that's that's what pulls me in, is yes. not to say that we're there yet, but the pursuit of that. Absolutely. Yeah. We focus a lot on, on physical health, mm-hmm. yeah. our physical healing. And oftentimes, we don't associate the mental component mm-hmm. at, as almost as important as the physical, as the physical component when it's, it's equally as important. Mm -hmm. And just, just like God has healing in the physical, he has healing for mental health. He has healing in your mind. He has, you know, a renewal of strength and of peace. He promises all of these things to us, but we get so caught up in physical healing that we can't, we don't often focus on the mental healing to you guys, what are some of the implications of mental and spiritual health, and what does that look like? 
that you feel that way. Yeah, first that again. is such a good, great question. Um, so I think it's hard for me to separate the two, mental mm-hmm. and spiritual. Um, I think of honestly like taking an anatomy and physiology class in, in school mm-hmm. and just seeing how in depth like the brain is. Like it is crazy. I can't even remember all the stuff that's in there. <laughs> but um, like mentally, I feel like it, you you can't see it. Yeah. Like, and same thing with spiritual. You can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more of like an experience, and it's different for the person, like, perceiving or, like, person's perspective. Um, I feel like I'm getting off topic with that one. No, not at all. Um, but, I mean, it's just a, such a complex state. Um, I mean, I feel like now I think more mentally than, like, physically. Like, yeah, um body yeah like you get it Mm -hmm. but um also the mind like I just it's such a complex thing that um like just just asking someone how they feel like you would be I I think it's funny like when you ask someone how they feel and they're like um I don't know I'm like wait what do you mean you don't know yeah like we just don't take the time to actually sit down and be like oh I feel hurt by this or like um Everyone always likes to say, I feel angry. And I'm like, okay, well, angry always has a buddy feeling. Like, what's underneath the anger? Um, And it's normally, like, betrayal or um, an offense or um, something. There's there's always something deeper. So just taking time to, like, sit down and actually think about it. Um, I I think it's crazy, though, that we, we focus so much. Like, I think culturally we just focus so much on physical body like dieting and exercising eating the right meals and doing all of this and then never actually sitting down to take the time to be like okay what are my thoughts for today are they positive are they negative what does that look like um and I think that goes along great with spiritually because our mindset is everything when we're talking about spiritual things Mm -hmm. yeah when I think when you ask the question what are the implications of mental and spiritual health and kind of how do they how do they go together it's a very nuanced question, but I think it's one that begs an answer mm-hmm. because if we're going to understand mental health, there's going to be a spiritual aspect. And if yeah. we're going to be spiritual, we're going to have to deal with some things mentally. Right. And I think Jesus exhibited that. He showed us that all throughout scripture and just to preface everything we talk about, it's going to be a snapshot so we can give you a little bit of information, but we could literally have this conversation for hours. But I think when you're looking at All right, so how does the mental aspect and the spiritual aspect work hand in hand? The Bible talks very much a lot about how we should think. Very, very much. And it's very, very clear about how we should think and the way that Jesus thinks toward us. And when we don't apply that to our everyday lives, I think we find ourselves at a deficit and we're struggling mentally. Absolutely. And so I think they both have a part that they play. And I think it's about bridging the gap between those. Mm Mm-hmm. And finding ways to say, you know what, I'm not there mentally today, Mm -hmm. so let me tap into the spirit and see if I can find what I need. And the spirit never disappoints. He never leaves people hungry. He never leaves people thirsty. When we tap into the spirit, he can feel what we need. Mm -hmm. But if we never acknowledge, one, what mental health is, we'll never know to look to the spirit for the solution. Right, right. And so it's extremely important to understand what some red flags are and what what mental health kind of looks like. What are some of the symptoms? What 
kind of what classifies as mental health when you think about that you you know you obviously get you know anxiety depression Mm -hmm. thoughts of suicide all of those things factor into mental health and they take different shapes they take different forms and so it's important to recognize that and i think that's where you know the church can probably step up a little bit in helping people recognize what the signs and what the symptoms are and right. to just ask people the question, hey, are you struggling with anxiety today? Mm-hmm. I've, I've been in church my entire life, and I can honestly say I'm 26 years old. I've never had somebody walk up to me in a church and ask me, hey, are you struggling with thoughts of anxiety or depression or suicide? Definitely. They all say it from the pulpit. Right. But it, it's never a, hey, I, I see this in you. Can I help you? Right. And it's, it's, it's not often met with some practical principles. Like, yeah oftentimes it's anxiety is bad and mm-hmm. it's, it is, you know, a spirit and there's no practicality. It's like, if you're feeling this way, yeah. this is how you overcome it spiritually. And this is how you overcome it practically. Yeah. Can, can you share some red flags and how, how to practically address these, the different kind of mental health battles that we face and um, also how to overcome the stigma of getting help, of, of admitting, you know, I struggle with anxiety or, or say that you're diagnosed with bipolar or, or even like a schizophrenia, something that's very chemical based. Mm-hmm. Can you help us understand how to overcome the stigma behind that and what to look for, um, like as far as red flags and how to address that? I know that's a big question and please take your time. <laughs> Uh, like I'll, unpack the, unpacking yeah, it. And I we may can, jump in here first if you're yeah, okay with go that. Ahead. But I think to add to something you said is we often look at this as a very negative light to struggle with mental mm-hmm, health. Mm-hmm. I'll put the disclaimer out there for everybody and it'll be a little bit controversial. Sorry, not sorry. But if you have mental health or if you're struggling with mental health, it does not mean that you're a sinner or you're demon possessed. Yeah. Right. Let's just go ahead and knock that out of the way now. Does not mean that you have this massive sin in your life or that you're like demon possessed. Right. I think all too often we, we look at it in such a negative light that we start to demonize the people who are struggling mentally as if it's any different than somebody who's struggling physically. Right. We would never look at somebody with cancer and say, well, I wonder what you did to deserve that. I right. wonder what sin you committed yeah. to, to bring this about or in your life. Or this is all in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's never said about that. And when cancer shows up, we call the elders of the church and we're slinging oil everywhere and we're praying and rightfully so. Yeah. We should. But mental health shouldn't be any different. We should treat right. these the same. It's, it's, not, it's not a symptom of sin. Oftentimes, it could be that somebody has sinned against you right. and put you in a state of trauma that's brought out this mental illness or this mental health issue that you're struggling with. And so I, I want to crush that from the very, very start. And when you look at the context of how do we treat this, how do we start to find practical solutions, I think it's worth noting in Genesis 3, and I'll kind of start and I'll take some time here and elaborate if y'all are okay. But in Genesis 3, we know that Adam and Eve sinned. They, they ate of the fruit, sinned into, into the world. And what Jesus did in Genesis 3 is he cursed the ground with thorns. And that's going to show up again later in Scripture. We see where Jesus goes to be crucified. They put on his head a crown of thorns. Now, when you think of thorns, they were meant to steal. They were meant to frustrate. Mm-hmm. They were meant to steal motivation. They were meant to steal drive. They were meant to kind of take away from the life that what you put into the earth was supposed to give. It was supposed to frustrate, it's supposed to steal your dreams, your motivation, your expectations. Almost that's like what debilitating you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah. that's what thorns were supposed to do physically. Now, when sin entered the earth, Jesus cursed the ground with thorns. And we see that all of this stuff results from it. Now, let's fast forward to the crucifixion. In an attempt 
to further humiliate Jesus, they put a crown of thorns on his head. Mm-hmm. Now, when you study this out biblically, the only thing that he wore on the cross was a crown of thorns. He hung there naked. Wow. The only thing that he took to the cross was a crown of thorns. And I think he did this on purpose. Yeah. He took a crown of thorns to give us the victory over our minds. We know that everything he did during crucifixion was to bring us victory over something. He took the stripes so we could be healed, so on and so forth. So the crown of thorns is for the victory of our minds. It's for us to overcome mental health. That's so good. But when you look at how Jesus structured this, he was all powerful. Absolutely. He could have done anything. He could have called angels and they could pull them off the cross. He chose to die wearing only a crown of thorns. And when he died and they took him off the cross, they had to take off his crown of thorns. And they did that because I think Jesus wanted to show us that this is not an issue that you can tackle by yourself. Right. You've got to have help. You've got to have somebody bear the weight with you. So if you're struggling with mental health, I would say the first thing you can do, and it's going to be probably the most difficult, is you've got to let somebody know. Yes. Get somebody in the fight with you. Yes. Whether it's a friend, whether it's a professional, we recommend a professional. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of people out there who would like to say they're professionals, but we would recommend a professional. (laughs) But talk to somebody. Yeah. Make it known to someone so you're not fighting that battle alone. Jesus just did not intend for us to struggle with mental health by ourselves. Yeah. He just didn't design it that way. He could have taken crown of thorns off of his own head. He had all power to. He chose not to. He wanted to demonstrate that for us. So I think it's important for us to be open enough to ask for help. Yes. Just at the very basic level, we've got to ask for help. I mean, in scripture, we see that it says, like, bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that it has to only be your friends. Right. right. Like, God created these these doctors, these 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 professionals that went to school for this. Just like he created doctors to heal our body, he created doctors to help heal our minds. They are strate- strategically placed. So you can literally go to them and have them help you bear your burdens. Right. And yes, it's it's incredible to go and get help from your, your peers and to open up and be honest. But go to a professional and get the counseling that you need. Get the coping mechanisms you need. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with going and seeking help from a professional. We shouldn't be ashamed of going to therapy or going to counseling, just like we're not ashamed to go to the doctor. Right. If, if there was something going wrong in my body, I would immediately go and get help. And I would ask you, I'm going to the doctor. Can you please pray for me? Right. It's okay to admit that you're getting help. It's okay to admit that you are having someone else help bear your burdens and learning how to cope. Ray, uh, back to our original question, what are some red flags that we can look for? Um, I know we live in a world that we are over, overly sensitized, if mm-hmm. you will, we, yeah. like overly stimulated. We, um, we live in the world of social media basically controlling our lives, and I know that leads to, to high anxiety, mm-hmm. comparison, yeah. steals joy, right. and... Other than like the basic, you know, what you see that is like popular with right now, if mm-hmm. you will, we, we, we talk about anxiety and depression a lot. What, what are red flags that we can look for in, in ourselves that could help people? Yeah. And before I answer that question, something came to mind. Um, so actually two things. So I'll, I'll point to those for, for a brief second. But, um, I mean, scripture talks about how be angry and sin not. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like you can do that with any emotion 
Like, it's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to have depression. Like, those are normal feelings that we're going to have because we are living in a fallen world with negativity. Um, So if you're struggling with that, like, absolutely get some help. But um, secondly, I wanted to point out, like, I don't think that it's coincidence that in culture today that the enemy throws busyness at us. Mm -hmm. So it's always fast-paced. And in order to help your mental health, you actually have to slow down and process and think. Um, That's why rest is so important. Right. Absolutely. Yes, it is for sure. Because if you don't get rest, like, I think of the... um, trying to think of where the scripture is at but um like when jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights like he was in the desert like i'm assuming he didn't get to lay down mm-hmm. and completely rest for those 40 days right. um and that's when the enemy came right. and tempted him so not only was he lacking physically he was probably lacking mentally as well because right. he wasn't resting he wasn't eating um and that's when the enemy can come and do the most damage, honestly. Um, so I don't think it's a coincidence that we we answer everybody, oh, I'm busy, because it takes so much effort to slow down and actually process the emotions and, mm-hmm. and the thoughts that we're thinking because they're, they're so normal to us. Right. Like we ask, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And you're like, well, I don't. I don't know because I've been thinking and feeling it for, you know, 20 plus years now. Um, so back to the actual question. <laughs> Red flags. Red flags. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is busyness, of course, but also numbness. Um, when we don't feel those emotions or, or aren't aware of the emotions. So I, I always process with my clients like self-awareness is the first step. Yeah. Like you have to be aware. If not, no progress can be made. Like you come to counseling in order to better yourself, to grow, to understand yourself better, to understand family better and like relationships and all the all the things that come along with that. But um I think that's the biggest red flag honestly is numbness to to our our own thoughts and our emotions. Um, secondly, I think another red flag would be, um, disconnect from people. Um, you see a lot of times like people that suffer severely with anxiety and depression are normally by themselves. The leaders of society. Right. Yeah. And like, um, they either don't have really close friends or family with them that they can lean on, or they also don't have like coping skills. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's honestly the biggest one. That's, that's one of the first questions that I'll ask clients are like, what is your coping skill? What do you do to, to spend alone time or to process things? Can you share an example of what a coping skill would look like? Yeah. So one of the most basic ones that I honestly could think of is like sitting in the bathtub and reading a good book. Okay. Just to sit in silence to kind of process, um, some people like to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Like I have a certain playlist for when I'm sad or when um, I'm happy. Like there's there's a playlist for everything nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some of the bigger ones, um, I know a lot of times for 
for anxiety um, and trying to stay away from like panic attacks, that is a process for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and myself, I don't. I've never had a panic attack before, but I can empathize with the person that has, because you can see the the stress and the hurt that is sitting on them. You can see the burdens, and and my job is to, you know, sit with them in yeah. that and to be present and to. Um, even though I haven't been through it, I can see the toll that it's taking on them, um, which ooh, made me cry in itself. <laughs> but um, th- and that, that's why I pray for them, because at yeah. that point, like, that's all I can do. I think a good word you brought up there is empathy. Yeah. Because from from a spiritual aspect and you have empathy with your clients from a from a natural aspect, you sit with them in their emotion and you help them process. But spiritually, I think if, if we're modeling the father's heart it would drive us to empathy for people who yes, are hurting. Right. And in the heart of a Christian, in the mind of a Christian, if we're going to be connected to the Father, it would drive us to a spirit of empathy to say, hey, I, I may not know what you're going through, but I see you're hurting and I want to help you. Yeah. If it's nothing more than just sitting with you, I yeah. want to help you. Right. I want to be present with you in your struggle, just as Jesus would be. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's possible to carry each other's burdens if we don't empathize with them right and we don't try to you know see where they're coming from and seeing their perspective and what they're struggling with right and as the church we need to we have to be diligent about that yeah Yeah. we have to be diligent about coming alongside our brother and our sister and helping them get to where they need to be because one day i promise you you're going to be in the same position oh yeah it it happens to all of us and that's why these conversations are so important to be able to learn about coping mechanisms and to learn about, you know, stigmas don't define you. Right. Uh, this is a very broad topic and we really don't have the time to touch on it like we should. But I feel like a catchphrase in today's generation is trauma. Mm-hmm. This gave me trauma. That gave me trauma. I'm, I have trauma. And people... Um, they, they carry that around as baggage, but I don't know if everyone really understands what trauma means. And I would like for you guys to expand a little bit on it. What really is trauma and what justifies a traumatic event? Yeah, um, so trauma, I feel like in the basic terms, is like experiencing or the perception of experiencing something that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, makes you question your identity or your safety. Yeah. Right. Safety. Yeah. I like that word a lot. Um, so it, it almost is like an unsafe position that you can be in that, that, um, can bring up, um, your fight, flight or freeze, Mm -hmm. which is, which is a reaction to trauma. Um, you, that, that might be a little bit too deep for that question right now, but um, not at all. Not at all. Um, we could talk about that for a long time, (laughs) but, um, I think trauma, like you can get stuck in a state of trauma, um, so I won't go into all the, the brain things, but, uh, <laughs> um, so trauma specifically kind of strips you of, of, um, reason. It strips you of being able to process your emotions. Um, and you stay in a state of hypervigilance. Um, so in that you're, you're in survival mode. Yeah. Which I don't know. Like, I've, I've heard people say that before. Like, oh, I'm just in survival mood. Like, I just have to get through this day. Um, but in that state of mind, you it affects your memory as well. 
Um, so, and this might be a topic for a different, uh, conversation, but, um, um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Trauma. Yes. So it, um, actually disconnects some of your neurons in your brain. So they like to, to say the term neuroplasticity. It's a big term for your brain, but it, it means like you can, your brain is ever changing. Um, it's always gaining more information. Um, and, and in that with trauma, it actually separates neurons from your left side of the brain and your right side of the brain. Wow. So left side is logical. Right side is creative, I believe is, is what it is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And um, in that, when trauma does that, it, 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 severs the connection thank you it severs yes and like you almost don't have a memory of it anymore but then you're also in survival mode to an extent it's your brain's defense mechanism to try to keep you safe right right so when you experience heavy trauma it's going to separate that in Mm -hmm. an attempt to block out the memory right so you can feel safe yeah right but in that your body's always in survival mode right so we we hear the term church hurt Right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that can be traumatic. Mm-hmm. But God has, he has called everyone. So what is your opinion on someone who has faced church hurt, who has faced trauma in the church, and becoming connected to a body again, and how they can find a safe place in the midst of a traumatic past that's associated with church? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I think first would be, you said a safe place. So they probably have to find a safe place outside of the church first. Yeah. To to be able to process it and actually talk to someone because, I mean, it's hurt. Yeah. Like they're in pain and you can see it on them. And, and it normally comes out in like anger, like we talked about earlier. But it's true hurt and it's betrayal and um, so many emotions there. But being able to process that and realize, like, they're human too. Right. Um, I'm human, so I need help as well. Um, And in that, trying to restore your relationship with God, of course, is going to be first. Um, Because I feel like in, in those situations, it's easier to kind of blame God and be like, okay, well... You did this because it was in your house. Right. And your people. And your people, right. Um, so being able to process that with somebody, and, and I don't think you can do that alone. No. Um, you need someone there to ask you the right questions and to be able to call out any negative thoughts that you're having because it is so easy to to kind of rest on those negative yeah. negative perceptions, even though they are valid. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things, and I mean, again, I've grown up in church. So I've experienced church hurt of my own, and I've I've had to have help. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's that's really helped me is understanding that yes, I've experienced church church hurt, but I also need to allow myself to feel the emotion that came with it. Right? Yeah. In order for me to process it and to be able to move on. Yeah. Because it's one thing to experience church hurt, but if you jump into another place that even if it is safe, even if it is the environment that you need to grow, if you haven't processed what you dealt with from your prior church, you're just going to carry that over and put those same expectations and ultimately end up in the same situation of a little bit later down the road. 
Right. So right. You, you've got to process what you've dealt with. And a verse you brought up is be angry and sin not. I think mm-hmm. that's very, very applicable because anger is an emotion that is God-given. Yeah. Now, right. when we let our anger turn into wrath and vindict- vindictiveness and it, it pulls sin out of us, then we're in a place where we are no longer peacemakers like Jesus called us to be. That's right. Right. And that's when we enter into sin and rebellion and, and all the things that aren't leading us down the right road. But it's important to let ourselves process the anger that right. we felt from that church hurt in a healthy way. Right. And you need to find, this is a common thing, you need to find someone you can talk about that safely with yeah, to process absolutely. that anger. Someone you, who can talk you through forgiveness. Yes. Because that is a freeing yes. experience. Absolutely. Yes. And That's also a relation, long experience. <laughs> yes. And also relationship with the Father. Right. You have to have right relationship with Jesus if, if we're ever going to restore anything. Absolutely. He is the one who ultimately gives restoration. I myself can't restore anything. Yeah. And so if I need a restoration of my emotions, I have to rely on Jesus for that. Yeah. But if I turn my back on him and I run away because I think he's the one that's, that's done all this, I can never have true restoration into true peace. Yeah. And so I'm, at some point in time, I'm going to have to reconcile. I'm going to have to come back to him. And I'm going to have to say, hey, bro, we got to figure this out. Oh, yeah. And trust me, Jesus is a big boy. He puts his big boy pants on every day. <laughs> Thankfully. You can bring all of your emotion. You can bring yeah. all of your anger. He you can, can handle scream it. at him. He yeah. can handle it. He trust me. He can handle it. He's seen a world full of problems and many, many other worlds full, full of problems. Right. He can deal with whatever we got. If right. he created them, you can yeah. cast right. it on him. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. And I've I found in my own personal experience that when I enter seasons of depression, it really is God's way of showing his faithfulness to yeah. me. Right. I feel him so strongly when I feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that doesn't make sense like to us logically, but he has proven it, proven himself to me in times where I have felt so alone, so depressed, so like mentally drained. Yeah. God has shown that he is my strength. He is yeah. my source. He is my provider. And I, I just think that there's there's a reason we experience these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like like you said, cast it on him. He can handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. Well, there's biblical proof of that. If you look at 1 Kings 19, this is, this is this whole encounter with the prophet of God and the prophets of Baal where he calls down fire from heaven, like destroys all the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. like this mountaintop experience if you're a prophet like you literally saw fire come from heaven there's only a select few people who can say that they saw that he was one yeah saw fire from heaven then the word gets back to jezebel and she sends a letter sends a message and says hey i'm gonna kill you yeah just that (laughs) just saw fire from heaven destroyed all these prophets saw jesus do wonderful things and then the letter from a wicked queen is like gonna kill you and that sends him to a free-for-all yeah he finds himself under a juniper tree saying hey jesus I'm a little bit upset. I think I'm just going to end my life here. Like from mountain to like ultimate valley, like peak depression. But if you look at what Jesus does after that, he sends an angel. He wakes him up. He says, eat and drink. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you need. You need a nap and you need a snack. Absolutely. For sure. Yes. Sends an angel and he says, eat and drink. I'm going to send you on a journey. The journey he goes on is to, again, still isolated. He sends an angel, someone speaks to him, gives him further instruction. He goes to this mountain where Jesus speaks to him or in a still small voice. He sees the mm-hmm. waves. He sees all of these massive things and can't find the voice of God. Jesus speaks in a still small voice and then he's back. Yeah. yeah. 
he went from mountaintop experience to ultimate valley of depression to Jesus having to intervene. And Jesus let him know, hey, bro, I'm still here. Right. And that was enough. Yeah. And I think it's important just to notice, like, it just took one person for his yeah. whole mountaintop experience to come crashing down. Yeah. So the further, you know, emphasizes be there for one another. Yeah. Right. Watch what you say. Right. Watch what you say on the internet. People, people read that. Yeah. Yes. And, and they, and, and obviously we need Jesus in all circumstances, but don't be the one that, that makes people want to kill themselves. Don't be that person. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think at one point I wanted to add something. Um, you mentioned the suppression of emotions so that yeah. you can like drown it out. Um, and not processing it is, I wouldn't say worse, but it, it's not fixing the problem. Right. Um, and, and in that, you suppress it from your memory, but your body remembers. Yes, it does. Um, and there's actually a fantastic book about that. Um, I actually had to read it for class. It's called The Body Keeps the Score um, by Dr. Vanderkolt. And um, he, so I'm reading the book for class. You know, I have my class hat on and uh, I'm going to write this fantastic reflection paper on it and do this presentation about how fantastic this book is. Halfway through the book, I somehow get my neurons connected back together. And in that, I remember a trauma from my past that I didn't remember. Um, And in that, I, I went straight to my counselor I I do have my own therapist. Yes, I see one even as a therapist. But I I went to her and I'm like, this just came up. I don't know where this came from. I didn't know this happened. What's going on? Um, And and being able to process that was insane. I couldn't imagine reading the book, experiencing that, and then not having someone to talk to about it. Right. I would have been, I think broken is the word that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, well, in situations like that, you're given all of this information about yourself that's extremely vital, and mm-hmm. then you don't know what to do, but our human nature is to do something. Right. right. And normally when we do something, when we don't know what to do, it's going to be the wrong thing. And so it's extremely delicate when you have a moment like that, and then you do the wrong thing, right. because you're going to process the trauma in the, in the wrong way, and it's ultimately going to lead to probably another avenue of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, we're perpetuating the cycle on ourselves right. and we don't realize it. Right. Because reliving trauma is, is a thing as well. Um, you can literally just talk about it and you're reliving it all over again, just kind of adding to the to the process, which is why I think it's so important to talk to a, a specialist about it is because they're going to know what steps to take right. in order to process it in a healthy way and not where you're just reliving it and stacking it on top of Right. You know, when it actually happened. But. Is there anything else that you guys feel like you, you want to add? I know this is like a very broad conversation on a very deep topic. And hopefully we can have some more concentrated conversations on maybe like trauma and different mental health avenues in the future. But if there's anything else that you want to add, go for it. I'll finish up with two scriptures if, if you wanted to add anything real quick. Um. I mean, all that I can think of is, like, if you don't have a therapist, go find one. Yes. <laughs> um, there's this great little website that's lpcboard.org, um, and it has all of the licensed professional counselors that are in the country. Um, so you just type in your, your city and state, and they, they pop up. 
That's great. Yeah. Is there any resources for those who may not be able to afford therapy? Yes. So a lot of those counselors will do a sliding scale. Okay. Um, so it'll be dependent upon how much you make. Um, myself, I'm an intern. So if you go to a private practice, you can actually specifically ask for interns. Um, we charge a very low rate, um, but you're still getting, you know, a counselor. Yeah. Um, and I have so many supervisors, it's not even funny. But um, so I process this stuff with them as well. Um, also, if you need to look specifically for your insurance, um, call them and they will tell you specifically which therapist takes your, your insurance. Awesome. Great information. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm going to finish up with two scriptures that will hopefully kind of give a little bit more context to really the whole conversation on people who are struggling with mental health and those who are not and what we can do to support those who are. Um, Philippians 4 and 8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So if we're struggling with mental health, if we find ourselves, if we recognize what's going on and see what we're dealing with, I think one of the quickest things we can do is to train our thoughts yep. and say, well, I'm not going to focus on the depression. I'm going to get into the word of God. I'm going to get into the presence of God. I'm going to think on these things yeah. and see how quickly things will turn around for us. Is that the end all be all? Absolutely not. We should reach out. We should ask for help, but we should also consult the spirit. Yeah. Should it, it should be something that we do. So if you're struggling, let that verse be a foundation for you. There were times where I, I struggled. I, I lost a family member in 2017 and that was a rough time for me. And that verse was plastered everywhere. Yeah. And it helped me through a lot of tough times. So try that. Hopefully it helps you. And for those of us that are not currently struggling with mental health issues, one way we can support is John 13 and 34 says a new commitment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you and that you also love but this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for them. The most basic thing you can do is put your arm around somebody and love them. Yeah. And that will give them life. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much, Mark and Bray, for being on the Vessel Podcast. Well, we appreciate your insight and we look forward to future conversations. Yes. Thank you everyone for joining the Vessel Church Podcast and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much for joining us in the Vessel Church podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and also check us out on our Instagram at VesselChurchBR. And then make sure to check us out also on our website at VesselChurchBR.com. Again, thank you for joining us and always be a vessel.